drink and dance all night. Now let's talk of diapers and pacifiers and our pants are feeling tight. Bottle service with BKP. Bottle service with BKP. Hi, everyone. Welcome to week 38 of pregnancy. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill Hall, and I am right there with you at 38 weeks this week. God, guys, I can't believe there are technically only two weeks left to that full term 40 weeks. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can't get any more pregnant than I am right now. I am stretched to capacity. And actually, some of us may start popping this week. Like I just had a friend go into labor at 38 weeks. Any of us can go into labor at any time from now until our due dates, which is wild to think about. I don't know if everyone else feels this way, but I'm still definitely like terrified of giving birth. But I'm definitely ready to not be pregnant anymore. And that's what's weird is this is actually my last full week of pregnancy. Uh, I actually hit week 39 next Wednesday, and then I'm scheduled for a C-section two days later. So that's kind of weird to think about. I know many of you listening don't know your due dates, and it's going to be more of a surprise, but like I have a scheduled C on the book, so I know like exactly the date and time that this is going down, and so now it's just kind of like a shot clock like counting down for me at this, at this stage, which is, which is weird. But this is actually the last week I'll be able to kind of give you a full perspective of the week. So let's get into it. Let's talk about week 38. So the theme for me this week has been like just when I thought I couldn't get any more uncomfortable in this pregnancy, I went and got more uncomfortable in this pregnancy. Like by week 38, shit has just like fallen off the tracks. Like I have had several are you fucking kidding me is this week? Like just, just over how insane this is at this point. Like it's almost, it's almost, I've been like laughing about it now. Like I am just so uncomfortable. Moving is, moving is hard. Sitting up is hard. Like using my brain, God, even doing this podcast right now is so hard. Like I, and I feel like it's not just me. Like I feel like the baby is uncomfortable too. Like we're both so over it at this point. He's like all kind of like rammed up in my upper torso and he's kicking, he's moving. I feel him like trying to like stretch out his surroundings. And it's just, we're both just like, fuck, this is, this is getting miserable. It's getting, it's getting pretty bad. And I've heard that. I mean, I knew that coming in, um, that the last few weeks are the toughest. So if you're like me, if you're struggling, if you're like really, really over it, I feel you. I feel you. And it's normal. So at this stage of pregnancy, most of us are probably going to weekly doctor appointments by this time. Normally in a doctor's appointment, they're going to check you. They're going to you know, give you a little cervical exam, see if you're dilated, see if you're effacing at all. Many women at this stage will actually be like one to two centimeters dilated. And then they're just going to send you right on home, which I always thought was weird. Like when my, when my girlfriend told me she was two centimeters dilated, I'm like, why aren't you? 
you in the hospital? Like, are you crazy? She's like, no, you have to, you have to wait. Like, and she ended up actually waiting like two more weeks after she was two centimeters dilated until she was actually in full on labor. For every woman, it's different. Like if you're two centimeters dilated, you could be going into labor tomorrow. You never know. But that's like kind of the point of these weekly doctor's appointments is they're kind of checking on you, seeing um, if you're progressing towards birth at all so that they can, you know, prep, prep you up. For me, um, I'm in a weird situation. Obviously, I've been talking about it on this podcast, but my baby has been breached the last few weeks. So I didn't even get a cervical exam because if my baby is still breached when I come in, you know, we're not, we can't have a vaginal birth. So when I go into my appointments now, they just kind of wheel out this little sonogram machine, see where the baby is uh, in my body. And sure enough, this week we went into the appointment, they wheeled it out, they put the little thing on my my stomach and his head is right where it's been for the last like five weeks, which is like right up on the side of my of my torso, which I don't know, like I, I feel even like more uncomfortable. I don't know. My baby's not in like the right place, like they should be head down. And maybe if he was, I would be a little bit more comfortable. But like, I just feel like this head poking out all the time. Like I was laying down the other day and I could just see his head like pushing through my stomach. Like it's like a huge ass like ball coming. It's like that scene from Alien, you know, and like the when the stomach is about like the aliens about to pop through, like that's what I was envisioning. I'm like, Oh my God. And Brandon was laying next to me. He's like, does that hurt? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, this doesn't feel good. You know? Um, so yeah, where he's placed, I think it's just adding a little even more discomfort, but I could be wrong. I mean, if you have them in the right place, maybe they're like kicking out at you. I I feel like we're all just kind of screwed at this point. So who knows? Um, but yeah, so we had our daughter's appointment still breached. So still the game plan is to have a scheduled surgery next week, which, and at the time that I'm recording this, it's really like five, five or six days away, five days away, which is crazy. Um, I think this is a good time to start, you know, getting your head around birth and starting, you know, like doing everything you can to get yourself mentally prepared. I don't know how prepared you can ever be for something like this, especially for us first timers. Like we don't know what we're walking into. So I think the unknown is really scary, but I've been doing a lot of things. I've been like meditating every single day. I went to, um, if you're an OG on this podcast and have been listening since the, since the beginning, I, I went to a hypnotist like earlier in pregnancy to get me over my fear of needles and blood because I was like, I'm going to need to get over that for this whole thing. So I went to a hypnotist earlier in pregnancy and I just went to him again this week. So had a little session with him just kind of preparing me for birth and helping me take some of the fear and anxiety away from it. It was actually really, really interesting. And I actually recorded an episode with him. I was like, let's do like, we're going to do a hypnotism session. I don't know what you call it. And then let's also record a podcast. I actually think this is kind of an interesting like resource, an interesting tool to have in the toolbox. So um, we pre-recorded that episode. That'll be out in a couple weeks. I figured I'm going to be 
out of commission for a little while. So I'll have that that episode is scheduled to come out when I am in recovery. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, I went to a hypnotist and it, I, you know, when I, when I came out of this session, cause hypnotism, like it's not, it's not like what you think it is from the movies where like you fall asleep and you wake up and like everything's healed. Like I remember everything that happened in the session. It's like a lot of like visualizing a lot of like after the birth or going through the birth and how it's all going to go down. And then, you know, the prize at the end and how happy you are and, and just kind of like reframing the whole experience and like taking you through the experience. I don't know if I'm explaining this well at all, but anyway, I walked out of that session. I still felt a little uneasy. I mean, a little uneasy is like the ultimate euphemism. I'm still batshit terrified, but over the course of like the last few days, like I've been slowly feeling a little bit more and more calm, which is, which is weird for me because I'm used to just being like a constant source of anxiety to myself. Um, so anyway, I think that actually helped. I think that helped a little bit and I'm just trying to like you know, do morning meditations, breathe through it. When I start to have negative thoughts, I like clamp down on those really quickly and try to reframe. I like, I'm doing a lot of visualizing of like me holding my baby afterwards and like we're both healthy and everything went smooth and like I'm just so in love. So those are a couple things that I'm doing to kind of prep for getting myself ready for birth. And um, this is actually a good time to also be going over your birth plan because, you know, when we went into the doctor's appointment, there's a couple things you like you want to talk to your doctor about. And ours is a little bit different because, you know, we've had to, you know, my original birth plan is much different than what is actually happening. We've had to make a lot of adjustments in the last few weeks. But to a certain extent, like you probably already have like the basics of your birth plan planned out. Like you probably know if you like want a vaginal birth or if you are going to do an epidural or not. Like those are questions your doctors probably already asked you. But there's a few more details to think about. And there's actually like a few more ways if you want to, like you can actually customize your birth, if you will. So I figured that would be a fun thing to talk about this week. There's like a couple other things I'll mention. If you haven't thought of these yet, then it's a good thing to to think about. And you can actually like create a birth plan. Like my my girlfriend like made this whole like beautiful PDF document that had like graphics on it. It was insane. But like she had that with her at the hospital. So all the nurses, you know, her doctor, everyone had her birth plan like right there front and center, or it's just something you could talk about verbally with your doctor. But anyway, here are a few extra things to consider when making your birth plan. So you can actually predetermine your surroundings in labor. And I didn't really, I didn't really think about this. You know, when you think about like the actual, you know, I, I just, think about going into labor and delivering the baby and all of that stuff, but you can actually like make the room a little bit better. You can request to dim the lights. For instance, you can request to have music playing. Um, I like to think of this as like my Mariah Carey writer moment. Like (laughs) 
<laughs> like Mariah Carey is known for having this insane writer whenever she like performs anywhere. A writer is basically like saying how she wants her green room set up. So she's like known as like the biggest diva and has to have like only white roses and like a certain scent of candle and like only like green M&Ms. I'm probably I'm making up part of this, but like that's kind of the gist. <laughs> so like, that's kind of what I like to think of this as is like, you can like think of it as your writer. I mean, you can't make like insane requests, but you can like have these things on hand if you want to make your room a little bit, you know, more of a vibe. So like I said, you can have, you know, music playing. You can actually bring your own hospital gown, which I did not know was a thing, but you can like order a nicer hospital gown. So like, it's like, you know, I'm sure the hospital gowns that you get are probably like not the best like quality. You can order like a nice cotton one. I actually ordered, I ordered a couple on um, Amazon just because I didn't know what I was going to like. They don't feel great like the ones I got. I'm like, eh. but I'm going to bring them with me just in case they are better than the ones that I get. So that's something to think about. You can order your own your own hospital gown, make yourself a little bit more comfortable. I don't know if you can bring a scented candle. I've heard mixed messages on this and it might be determined on like the hospital you go to and you might not be able to have them in like the delivery room but maybe you can have them in like your recovery room I don't know it's a question worth asking but um, I might want a scented candle but if, if you can't do that because I don't know if you can have like an open flame in a hospital <laughs> I mean like it sounds like that might be a liability but you can you know bring like a diffuser or something like that like or some like scented spray to like make the room smell better. I'm just I'm throwing out some ideas here if you want to if you want to make your room a little bit nicer. I may ask we're going to be in the hospital for I think we have to stay like a little bit longer than the typical stay because we're having surgery. So I'm going to be there for 3 full days. I may ask Brandon to like run out and get some flowers for the room just to like perk that up a little bit. Um but yeah, these are all things to just make it a little bit nicer. Oh, one other thing when it comes to the surroundings in labor, you can also request if you're, you know, when you're delivering to limit the amount of people in the room. So this is an interesting one because I actually, I have a friend who told me like while she was like in labor, they asked if they could, you know, bring in some doctors who were training and she's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. And then like eight people came in the room and there was like, like 10 people like watching her vagina and, you know, like watching her give birth and it was kind of uncomfortable. So you could it, it put that in your in your birth plan that you want to like limit the amount of people if you care. But that was just something else to think about. This podcast is brought to you by Parallel, the first and only OBGYN-founded prenatal vitamin with targeted nutrients for each stage of motherhood. We all know it's important to take a prenatal vitamin throughout pregnancy, but Parallel takes it a step further by bundling together all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one simple packet based on where she is in her pregnancy. Right now, we are in the third trimester, and Parallel's third trimester pack helps prepare your body for birth while supporting your baby's rapid growth with a mix of probiotics, additional calcium and magnesium, added omegas, and of course, that full-spectrum prenatal vitamin. 
So wherever you are in your pregnancy journey, check out parallelhealth.com. They are offering a special 20% discount just for our listeners with code BIGKID20. Again, that's parallelhealth.com and use that code BIGKID20 for 20% off. Okay, so some other ways that you can customize your birth plan. So for your partner, you can actually, if your partner wants to, they can request to catch the baby. So if you're delivering normally, or I shouldn't say normally, if you're delivering vaginally, your partner can actually be the person to catch the baby or help like pull the baby out, which is kind of wild. I just, my mind goes to that, like keeping up with the Kardashians episode where Courtney like literally bends over and pulls the baby out herself, which is nuts. I actually had another friend who did that like wild if you can like that's that's awesome but um that your partner can be the person to do that they can also be the person to cut the cord so you can make that request ahead of time so that your doctor knows the plan um I asked Brandon if he wants to do well before we knew we were having a c-section I asked him if he wanted to do either one of those he's like I'm good (laughs) (laughs) which I can't blame him. I would be the same way. Like I don't want to cut a cord. Like I would, I would pass out. That's, that's not exactly what I'm into, but you know, your partner may may feel differently. Maybe they want to be, maybe they want to do that. So worth having that conversation and deciding ahead of time, if that's what you want to do. You can also request to have skin to skin immediately before your baby is cleaned off or the opposite. You can ask that your baby be cleaned off before they're placed on your chest. So those are those are additional requests. And you can actually I heard you can do this with a C-section, too, which is which is what I'm going to do. I'm going to request immediate skin to skin. I feel kind of bad that like, you know, the this birth process is going to be like more of like an eviction and it's going to be a little jarring for both of us. So I figured I'm like, I just want to like comfort this baby as soon as possible. So if, if they'll allow it, like I, I want them to just have him do skin to skin with me ASAP. So that's, that's going on my birth plan. If you're having a boy, you also have to kind of make the decision if you want him to be circumcised or not in the hospital. And I didn't realize this, but there's actually a few different ways that you can get them circumcised. Like there's options. Like like I said, you can customize this bitch. I was actually talking to um, a guy friend of mine who works in pediatrics and he was like trying to tell me about this like new way of circumcision where they put like they put a ring on on his on their little willy and let it sit there for a week and it makes like the skin fall off but he was saying it's good because it's like makes the circumcision very very clean but we actually we mentioned it to our pediatrician a while ago and um we're just going with like the classic the classic method he has a guy that he's been using um since he's been in practice who does a great job and we're like we're not gonna overthink this one we're just we're just gonna go with the classic circumcision but there are options so I wanted to bring that up If you're breastfeeding, you can request that your baby be brought to you on demand for feedings or whether or not you want your baby to receive pacifiers or formula so that those are decisions you um, you can make ahead of time as well. And then this last this last one that I have, and this has been something we Brandon and I have been kind of like flip flopping on a little bit, but you can decide if you want the baby to sleep in the room with you or to head to the nursery at nighttime. So I've gone back and forth on this. Like 
you know, you wait so long to meet your baby. And I imagine like in the moment I'm going to be like, no, don't take the baby away from me. But I'm telling you, almost all of my mom friends who have done this before have been like, Sarah, like, don't try to be a hero, like send that kid to the nursery because like you're going to be so tired and you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to need to sleep to recover from this. And that goes, that was before I knew I was having a C-section. So it goes both ways. Like even if you, if you deliver, you know, vaginally or have a C-section, you're going to need, your, your body's going to need some time to recover and sleep is one of the best ways to do that. So I, I, I think that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to send, I think we're going to send them to the nursery for the days that we're in the hospital. And especially, I mean, my, a lot of my girlfriends are like, trust me, like you're going to have a lot of nights with that baby. <laughs> And once you leave the hospital, like you're on call, you know, 100% of the time. So just enjoy the like few nights that you have where you can send them off and get some rest. Um, so I think that's what I think that's what we're going to do. We'll see. I mean, also in the moment, I might change my mind. But I think for now, that's on our birth plan. Sorry, guys, my voice is a little hoarse this week. I think you can tell I am. I'm pooped. I'm tired. <laughs> This baby is cooked. I'm like, let's get the show on the road. All right, let's talk about symptoms at week 38. So a lot of the same ones we've been talking about, you know, trouble sleeping, Braxton Hicks contractions that are probably faking you out at this point, that itchy belly, just general discomfort. And all of these are just, I feel like, elevated (laughs) at this stage. Like it's all of what we've been experiencing times 10. Um, it just, it's getting, it gets harder. I swear to God, it gets harder every freaking week. Another big symptom for week 38 is swollen feet and ankles. And I laughed when I read this this week because I really haven't had like knock on wood. I haven't had too bad of swollen feet or ankles this whole pregnancy. Like I've had them a little bit here and there, but nothing crazy until the, and then this week happened and I did get swollen feet and ankles. Just, I think if you're like standing around too long, I think there's just, I don't know what it is, but I definitely experienced that this week and I've been like begging Brandon to give me foot massages at night and he does it for like 30 seconds and then stops. So Brandon, if you're listening to this, you really need to step your game up and get me some good feet massages. All of our partners do. Guys, you have no idea what this is like. You know, spend an extra couple minutes, use like a moisturizer, like get into it, you know, like give us, give us the good stuff. Like we deserve it. God, if I still lived in New York, when I lived in New York, I lived like down the street from this foot reflexology place. If you have access to anything like that, where you can go in and get a foot rub for like 10, 15 minutes, freaking do it. I don't, I don't know of anything like that where I live now, but if I did, I'd be going in for like twice a week massages. Um, another symptom at week 38. So you may be experiencing some lightning crotch. I read about this a couple weeks ago. I hadn't really experienced it yet. Again, this is a new one that I felt this week, but if you don't know what lightning crotch is, it'll feel like a lightning bolt in your vag or like a lightning bolt running up or down your legs. It happens really fast. I will say that like, it's like a moment of like, whoa, but it goes away pretty quickly. Um, and that's because your little one is so low in your pelvis that they are bumping into all kinds of nerves down there. 
So not to be alarmed if you get a little lightning crotch. It's par for the course. And then speaking of lightning bolts, so you may also be getting like little bursts of energy. And that comes down to nesting. That's our nesting instinct. It's telling you, you know, it's giving you energy to get prepared for baby. So usually when you when you get these bursts of energy, you know, you're nesting, you want to like clean your house or like get your nursery put together. For me, when I've gotten these bursts of energy, like I I I put them in the wrong places. <laughs> like like I go out to lunch with friends or I record podcasts. Like I use these bursts of energy in all the wrong ways. Um but I've definitely been getting them. I actually got, we got, I had one the other night and I was happy about it because we went to a comedy show. Like I haven't like wanted to go out at all. I haven't wanted to leave my house, but you know, got this little burst of energy. And instead of like folding swaddles or doing whatever I should be doing to qualify for nesting, I went to a comedy show. It was great. I will say laughing really hard at this stage of pregnancy is also hard. Like I, I was in pain, like I was in physical pain, laughing um as hard as I was at this comedy show and I was like can I go into labor um so those are just things those are just things to think about but you may be getting those bursts of energy and it's it's for nesting and then the other symptom I wanted to call out this week this is a big one is just to look out for your water breaking and I think we all have this like false notion of what that looks like from you know movies and tv where it's like this big dramatic like gush of water that comes out and that's not actually how it always goes down so a lot of the times it'll actually just be kind of like a steady trickle like you'll just have a steady a steady trickle coming out of of liquid so just look out for that if you experience anything like that because that could mean that you're you're going into labor which is which is important all right guys let's talk about what's happening with baby at week 38 so baby is as big as a winter melon whatever that is. They're about 19.6 inches long and about 6.8 pounds at this stage, which that's a big ass, that's a big ass baby to be carrying around. That's partially why we're so uncomfortable. Some interesting things that's going on in there, uh, they're shedding their hair. So the lanugo, which we talked about weeks and weeks ago which is that it's that fine downy hair that covered your little one's body for warmth in your womb it's now falling off in preparation for delivery but you know if you give birth at week 38 you may still might still see a little bit of that um on there so that's the lanugo your baby's lungs have also strengthened and the vocal cords have developed which means she's ready to communicate through wails and cries so they're getting ready to cry in there. That is their only method of communication for a while. So it's a good sign. My dad always used to joke. He's like, every time you would, I was apparently like a big screamer and crier as a baby. And he would be like, look at those healthy lungs. <laughs> and most other changes this week are small but important. But they're continuing to just add fat and fine tune their brain and nervous system in there. So that's that's kind of what's what's going on with baby. And I'm looking at the time. Let's get through some quick tips and to do's for the week. So I actually thought this was a really good tip and something I've been slacking on. But if you have all like we've you've probably gotten a bunch of baby gear at this stage. 
I know um, I've had a lot, we have a lot of stuff to set up. So that's what, if you haven't done that already, like this is the time to do it, like set up and practice using all of your baby gear. Like we got, one of our friends actually is letting us borrow their snoo because they are in between kids at the moment, which was so nice because if you guys know the snoo, it's, it's pretty expensive. But we hadn't, we just had it in our room and we hadn't even tried to set it up. So Brandon tried to set it up this week and it was actually more of a pain in the ass than he thought. It took like hours and he had to get on like customer support because we had to like transfer the like emails over because it was somebody else's before it was ours. It was a whole thing. But I'm like, thank God we looked into this now because you don't want to have to do this shit when you have a newborn at the same time. So we did that. We also have like a hatch. We have a nanit. All of these names, I'm like, it's so funny. I remember like my mom friends talking about this stuff and me be me being like, you guys have your own language. Like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. And now I now I know what all of it is. But um, yeah, all of this stuff takes time to set up. You usually have to like download apps with it, get it set up on your phone. So this is a good time to make sure all of that stuff is up and running. Because again, you don't want to deal with it when you when your newborn is here. My other tip for the week is... So actually a girlfriend of mine was telling me about this. I thought it was brilliant. And this goes also for however you're giving birth because she gave birth um, vaginally, but especially if you're having a C-section, I think this makes a lot of sense. But she's like, for those first few days when you're home, she created like a portable baby station. So she has this like, she she sent it to me. I'll, I'll maybe include it on, in show notes. It's like from Amazon, but it's this little like gray container that she can pick up and carry with her around the house, but it has all the stuff necessary for babies. So like diapers, wipes, changing pad, burp cloths, (laughs) diapers for mom because, and and maxi pads, because you're going to have to like be changing those also ice packs, like all of that stuff that you're going to need on hand. And especially for me, like I've from what I understand, the first few days that I'm at home or maybe like the first week or two that I'm, I'm going to be home, I'm not going to be very mobile. So having like a portable station, I think is brilliant. So smart. So I made one of those this week. And um, yeah, I, I think that's a great, a great tip. All right, guys, <laughs> that's all I got for week 38. You can, you can tell I'm like losing my breath here. This podcast is starting to get a little bit harder every week. Um, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying this podcast, please make sure to hit those five stars on iTunes, leave a review or two. It really like keeps me going, especially weeks like this when I'm like, Oh my God, picking up a microphone is so daunting. Um, but yeah, leave those reviews. I love reading them. It like makes me very, very happy when you guys do that. And you can also connect with me on social at big kid problems or on my personal Instagram at Sarah Merrill underscore hall. In the meantime, I'll see you back here next week for week 39 updates. It's my last like hurrah before delivering. And until then, thanks for bumping along with me.